Start selling on Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash CNN for a $1 per month trial. Hey, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the CNN political briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Friday, July 14th. Republican presidential candidates flock to Iowa to court evangelical Christians, a crucial voting bloc in the Iowa caucuses, as Joe Biden and his campaign put out their very first quarter of fundraising for his re-election campaign. Set your clocks, folks. Tomorrow marks six months to the day until the Iowa caucuses. Yes, that could be an eternity in politics, but it is also not that far away. And it is that compressed calendar now that explains why we're seeing a slew of Republican presidential hopefuls in the kickoff state there in Iowa today. They'll be back in a couple of weeks for a big state party fundraising dinner. And then a couple weeks after that for the famous Iowa State Fair. Lots of presidential activity in the Hawkeye State. Today's gathering in Iowa, the Family Leadership Summit, is put on by conservative leader Bob Vanderplatz. He's a big influencer inside the Christian, evangelical, conservative political community in Iowa. And we are seeing the likes of Ron DeSantis and Mike Pence, Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, Asa Hutchinson, Vivek Ramaswamy, all there courting this crucial voting bloc. Who is not there? Donald Trump, noticeably absent. He will be in the state next Tuesday for a Fox News town hall. And he was also there a week ago in his Western Iowa trip. So do not take his absence today as some data point that he is not playing to win in Iowa. He is. He's also a substantial frontrunner in this race. And there is no love lost between him and the organizer of this event, Bob Vanderplatz, who has said publicly it is time to turn the page and that the party should look to someone else because he thinks Donald Trump may not be able to win the 2024 election. And so while Trump is not giving up on Iowa by any stretch of the imagination, the pressure is not on him to perform there quite the way it is for every candidate not named Trump, specifically and most acutely Ron DeSantis, the Florida governor, who is polling in second place but far back from Trump's leading position, but is the contender right now with the most support among Republicans other than Donald Trump. And this is going to be a proving ground for him to see if he is going to be able to amass the kind of support to show donors and voters in states that come in the process after Iowa that he's got the goods to take it directly to Donald Trump. My colleague, Steve Contorno, who covers the DeSantis campaign for us, has a really good read up on CNN.com that I urge you to take a look at. Multiple sources tell CNN that the DeSantis campaign is eyeing the first primary debate on August 23rd as his first real big opportunity to turn things around. This has not been a campaign that has launched precisely as designed. Yes, he's raised a bunch of money. He has a very well-funded super PAC, but... His polling numbers have been stagnant at best and perhaps a little bit of a decline, certainly from where he was before he was a candidate earlier in the year. So there is consternation among Republican donors, some political activists who are concerned that DeSantis may not be shaking out as the candidate with the strongest opportunity to take down Donald Trump. His team sees the debate stage as the best moment 
to prove those doubters wrong. Mike Pence, Donald Trump's former vice president and running mate, made note of Trump's absence at the gathering today in Iowa. I think it's unfortunate that, uh, that the former president has now missed two significant events here in Iowa. And there's some talk about him not coming to debates. You know, I, I, I look forward to seeing him on that debate stage. Tim Scott, the senator from South Carolina, who has been spending more on the airwaves when you combine his campaign and his super PAC than any other entity out there this campaign season to introduce himself to voters in Iowa and New Hampshire. Today, at the Family Leadership Summit, he made this pitch. I'm glad they're here. They're all flocking to me. I wish they would go ahead and write the check, too, because we haven't seen that yet. Count me as a guy who believes that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or imagine. And if you write a check and you don't like that, you can have your money back. Also playing out in Iowa this week, a critical backdrop to this gathering. The Iowa legislature had a special legislative session this week where it passed a six-week abortion ban bill that Governor Kim Reynolds of Iowa signed into law today in conjunction with the Family Leadership Summit. Obviously, this is a policy that is quite popular with this evangelical Christian political activist crowd. Some interesting moments that are coming up in this forum in Iowa today actually are related to the war in Ukraine. Tucker Carlson, the former Fox News host, is moderating these conversations. He has been pretty publicly opposed to the Biden administration's efforts as it relates to Ukraine. But of course, we've seen an array of positions from the Republican candidates themselves. Mike Pence, probably of all the candidates, maybe also Nikki Haley, firmly in support of America and NATO sticking together, continuing to support Ukraine and doing everything in its power to defeat this Russian aggression. Anybody that says that we can't be the leader of the free world and solve our problems at home has a pretty small view of the greatest nation on earth. We can do both. And as president of the United States, we will secure our border. We will support our military. We will revive our economy and stand by our values. And we will also lead the world for freedom under my administration. That's quite different than where Donald Trump is, than where Ron DeSantis has been on this issue as well. Trump issued a statement today criticizing Biden's decision to authorize the Pentagon to send up to 3,000 reserve forces to Europe amid Russia's war in Ukraine. He said, quote, as president, I will again rebuild America's military and restore the readiness and deterrence that Joe Biden has so dangerously squandered. As for President Biden, his campaign announced today that the president has raised $72 million, combined his campaign with the Democratic National Committee, since launching his reelection bid in April. Now, the campaign is eager to point out their cash-on-hand figure, that they have $77 million in cash-on-hand because they are touting that they're not spending a bunch of money right now. They're not burning through a lot of what they raise right now. In the off year, they are saving those resources, they say strategically, to spend more in the fall and into next year, the actual election year. But the comparisons need to be drawn here. Twelve years ago, when Barack Obama 
launched his campaign, albeit a bit earlier in the month of April, back in 2011, his re-election effort, combined with the DNC, at the end of the first fundraising quarter, posted a total of $86 million, and back then, the contribution limits were lower. So that's one question mark hanging over the Biden number. If you look back just four years ago, Donald Trump, combined with the RNC, had raised $105 million in the second quarter of the off year. My colleague Isaac Dovier has an excellent story at CNN.com. Go check it out and has talked to a slew of Democrats who express some concern that the Biden operation is not running on all cylinders. The financing and fundraising team is being revamped. And there is concern that there is not yet a headquarters in place or a full, robust staff. The Biden campaign retort is, we are trying to strategically save our resources for when they will have the greatest impact. Again, this is a question mark that will hang over this campaign. Are they where they need to be in the summer of 23? Of course, that's probably not a question that will be answered until we see the election results in November of 24. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like the show, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. CNN Political Briefing is a product of CNN Audio. Steve Lichtai is our executive producer. Greg Peppers is our supervising producer. Fez Jamil is our senior producer. Our episodes are produced by Krista Bowe and Taylor Galgano. We'll be back Monday. <laughs> 